Episode 2, Season 2 of Arguing About Food is upon us. In case this is your first time listening, I'm Nate Duncan. Other than being opinionated, I really have little, if any, qualification to discuss food in any meaningful way. Uh, but this is my sister, Olivia. What do you consider your qualifications to be? Um, a discerning palate, uh, 20 plus years <laughs> in the... <laughs> Uh, hospitality industry and um, just being remarkably more forgiving than you. <laughs> well, I do. My one qualification <laughs> that I think we share is that we blow all of our money on food. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Or travel to go have other kinds of food. Um, so here's yeah. what I want to talk about today. This is a topic that you and I have debated at times, but I want to lay all our cards on the table. You've worked in fine dining. You've worked at places that have tasting menus. I've eaten many a tasting menu, although I'm rarely the driver for that for reasons that I will explain. So I have a lot of reasons why I'm not a huge fan of tasting menus. I will explain them, but I wanted you to make the case for why the tasting menu is good and perhaps even a superior superior form of eating to just ordering off of them. Well, so this is supposing that uh, a restaurant even has the option, right? Because I, I think probably in your experience too. Well, well I have the it's... option to not, I have the option to not go to that restaurant. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but sometimes uh, the restaurant has only the tasting menu and there is no option to order a la carte, right? And that, of course changes things but in my opinion doing the tasting menu allows you the opportunity to really see what the chef is about and what this restaurant is really trying to present to you like what their you know reason what what is the expression sorry raison d'etre thank you yeah reason Um, for being yes so that is like in itself Uh, a very good reason to do it. See what this chef is trying to give you without any adulteration, modifications, etc. Also, in my personal opinion, it's usually more than enough Can I interrupt for a second? Sure. You're you're already losing. As someone who has built my career on telling professionals that I know better (laughs) than them, uh, Uh you're already losing me here. Please, please continue. Um, hang on, though. When in your career have you been able to tell a chef that you know better than them? No, I'm, I'm just kidding around. Uh, that, that would that would be a a uh, a facile, although slightly accurate summary of what Dunked On is as a basketball podcast. <laughs> well. Props to you. Um, I, I think that that in and of itself, though, is reason enough to do a tasting menu to see exactly what they want to present to you. Because sometimes there's things on that menu that aren't available a la carte because, oh, maybe they only got a certain amount of that seasonal produce or that market fish in. And so they're only doing it for the tasting menu and you won't have the opportunity to try this like inspiration from this person in any other way. Um, and again, I think, or not again, you cut me off. <laughs> I think that it's a, 
a value forward menu. And I know that that might be like something that people don't agree with, but you usually get more than your money's worth when you're doing a tasting. Uh, not those lunch pre-fee things. Those are BS. <laughs> but a, a true tasting menu, you're usually getting way more than your money's worth. So that's what I think. Uh, well, and I will add this too. I, like the tasting menu allows the restaurant to say, okay, we know exactly how many of these we need. Uh, and it allows you to just really throw it yourself in. You know, there's many of these dishes, particularly, you know, two, three star Michelin kind of places. They take a ton of preparation. You need to know exactly how many of them. You can't just like make a bunch more of them because people ordered a bunch more of them. It's right. like everything is planned out. They have all, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they have all this staff that is, you know, everything is just like a well-oiled machine. And, you know, it takes all this time to create all your foams and gels and you know all the shit that's gonna like impress people uh in their instagram photos uh and <laughs> yeah i mean and i would say too like you know some of the best individual bites or two of food that i've ever had have been part of these tasting menus so like i mean there it there definitely is an art form to it and also like i appreciate the aesthetics of it even if for me personally i don't derive a ton of value from that i certainly like it is beautiful there are people who like that there is just a meticulousness to it all that like i do respect even if it's not necessarily for me well uh the aesthetic thing that you were talking about um it is a piece of performance i feel like when you uh really dive into a, a true tasting menu especially at a place where they don't even do a la carte you know um sure. there's yeah. which is mostly what i'm focusing on like if you're giving yeah. me the opportunity to have a la carte and other people want the tasting menu fine i'll i'll just have the a la carte i got no complaints well and i will say one thing that is a pain is when it's tasting oh, yeah. menu or bust yeah i mean yeah. if the whole table is required to do the tasting menu i i don't actually really agree with that um <sighs> I get it if you're at a six top and one person wants to do the tasting menu. That doesn't really work out, you know, portion wise. But man, what a, I don't know, what a disaster for that one person that really wanted to experience it. And all the other people that have these crazy dietary restrictions or um, shallow pockets, whatever, <laughs> and don't want to do it. And now <laughs> the experience is totally different for the whole table because of it. Um, I like it. Yeah. When I mean, I get will... where you like, I get when it's the all you can eat, like why everyone has to get the all you can eat. <laughs> Cause obviously <laughs> we'd all be like thing. diving in at that person's all you can eat. <laughs> if a um, restaurant is yeah. able to accommodate a one person tasting menu, then they should, in my opinion, allow a table of four to have one person do the tasting menu. As long as they're, you know, nobody's like, Hopefully at these places trying to gouge you. It's not restaurant week every day. <laughs> um, yeah, that should be another show in and of itself is re right? restaurant week. Restaurant week. Uh, I've never really taken advantage of restaurant week. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like not. I haven't I really have. like had it together. Even even when I haven't had money, I was just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I can't get it together to be like I'm going to go out to eat every day like this one week. <laughs> And like break Taking the advantage um, of restaurant week is picking up every shift during restaurant week. 
<laughs> but don't Just those saying. people people tip worse? Those people got to. It doesn't worse, matter. Right? Your check average is almost always higher. I mean, unless you're in like a really high end place, the per person average of restaurant week is often much higher than it is on your regular days. Why is that? <laughs> I, I mean, shit, this is like a whole nother episode, but I don't know. We can, we got five already, minutes. Well, we, five minutes we can, we can tangent that. What is this? Show all right. Just so I already worked at a place, the, the last restaurant I worked at, and this was actually even true at the last Gold Coast restaurant, like fancy high end neighborhood in Chicago. The check average for people, especially during lunch, uh, during restaurant week, right? Is like $35 per person. The, the restaurant tasting menu is like 22 a person or something like that. Whatever. Normally, check average was at that like $22 mark for a person just eating lunch. But now they've bought the restaurant week menu and they've gotten a glass of wine and maybe a coffee and your check average has actually gone up from what it normally is. And then I was working at like sort of a more local neighborhoody place, not in the Magnificent Mile. And our check average was like about... $45 ahead at dinner. And then when you make the restaurant week menu $44 a person, no matter what, and then they order a glass of wine, you, your check average is actually going up during restaurant week. And you're bombarded and slammed and you're doing 50 covers in a night. You make more money for sure. And yeah. it's hard. So the restaurant actually makes slot. more. The restaurant actually makes more during restaurant week. Um, see, that's another story because the restaurant isn't necessarily making more because usually the food cost is higher during restaurant week. Like they've lowered the prices on food. I see. And they're just doing more business, more volume. And they have to actually pay their staff more because you have more staff on. It's complicated. It, it, it evens okay. out for restaurants. I think. Yeah, I always assumed it was like some kind of like loss leader type of thing. Mm, no, I would say that like overall, the restaurant is probably bringing in a similar amount of money. Um, but the servers in particular are going to make more per person that comes in the door. Yeah. And if you can just yeah. get more people to come in, they might come in when it's not restaurant week yeah. as well. Like it's good marketing. That's, um, I mean, that's the whole point. And okay, especially so I, doing yeah. it during a slow time of the year. Oh, yeah. Like in January or something. Yeah. Um. Okay. So are we hey, ready for me menus. to. Yes. Are, are we yes, ready for I'm me ready to, for you to shit all okay. over tasting menus. <laughs> Okay. okay. Well, maybe if they gave gave me enough food, I could do that. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's pretty limited. Oh no. <laughs> uh, okay. So the number one thing I would say is the portions being too small. As a big eater, I of course understand this, but it's not necessarily even that I don't leave full. Although that's part of it. You know, that's not exactly where I want to be. I would uh, if I'm going to like you know a three star Michelin place and spending like multiple hundreds of dollars, I would like to at least feel as though I am full. Uh, however, it's really more about the individual portion size. And so it just, like, it takes more than two or three bites for me to really like build a food memory. Because for me, yeah. so much of, uh, as you can tell, because we have this podcast, is talking about the food, remembering it, thinking about going again, uh, and like looking back in the experience, looking forward to the next experience. And if I only had three bites, they might be the best three bites of my life, but it just, it's not enough 
to like sear it into my memory so I can be like, oh yeah, I remember what that tasted like. So much of food to me is like, oh, I want to go get that again as well. And just like looking forward to going to get that same thing. And like, you know, the menu will probably just change uh, the next time you go in anyway. But yeah, that's the biggest thing is like the individual uh, portions just are not big enough. And yeah, I mean, part of that is like artistic as well. You know, the smaller it is, the more you can kind of, you know, get the, get enough white space in it to make it look cool and stuff. But uh, so that's reason number one, we can get into why it is that those portions have to be so small. But uh, I mean, it's really more about just not being able to experience each individual dish enough to like fully like settle in. Yeah, I mean, I I do understand that. And remind me again, your theory on like the kind of the lowest common denominator as far as tasting menu diners. Yeah, because the problem is, what is a bigger, let me ask you this. If you're at one of these restaurants, what is a bigger problem for you, right? Because everyone's having the same thing. Everyone's having the same amount of food. There's no option to order more or less to your individual taste. So if you have to pick one, would you rather that big eaters still be hungry at the end? Or would you rather that small eaters can't even get to the end? Because they've, you know, I mean, they're they're eating everything that's in front of them, but they run out of gas, you know, seven courses in your 10 course tasting menu. Which of those is a bigger problem? See, in my experience in fine dining and even myself as a diner, I would prefer the smaller eaters to not be able to eat anymore. But well, I would prefer I that too. That that's well, but I know that that's not like that's not what everyone thinks. People don't want to waste food and money on you know individuals that aren't going to finish their courses. I think well, but it, like it just sucks to like be full and seeing all the people around you. I mean, especially because a lot of like the best meat dishes will usually be at the end. And, like, yeah. you know, when, when like the Wagyu comes out and you're like, fuck, I can't, I don't have any room to finish this. Yeah. Like that really is not great. You are absolutely right about that. In my experience though, um, if I just do a regular tasting menu, Nobody knows that I've, like, been in the industry. I don't have any friends there, X, Y, and Z. I, like, kind of feel really good about the amount of food. Mm, And that's not entirely true when we get up to, like, these really high-end Michelin star places because I always get too full of those. But if I'm doing sort of a... A regular omakase at, um, like a sushi place or, um, you're, I don't know, just the types of places that have a la carte or I never feel overwhelmed. It's the places that are only tasting menu or omakase or whatever that I end up not being able to finish it. And it does kind of feel not great at the end when I like can't put that last bite of the usually beef dish. And then, of course, dessert comes around and I'm like, oh, there's a whole nother stomach for that. No, Ashlyn did some research on this. Apparently, there's some actual scientific evidence behind that, that if you kind of change the type of food, you your body's kind of like, oh, yeah, I've had enough of this. But it's like, oh, maybe I need some of these nutrients. So it actually is more palatable. You can eat more really? at dessert in theory. Yeah. Oof, good. That justifies my carb stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's insane. Like, Eric and I will be eating at dinner, you know, and I'm just like, oh, I'm done. Do you want the rest of mine? He's like, okay, sure. And then 15 minutes later, ice cream. Yes, I do have room in my stomach for ice cream. 
ice cream in particular, I find to be very, like, it's not very filling. Like, if you have a milkshake, that's actually pretty filling. But just, like, eating a scoop of ice cream, like, yeah, that's, there's no problem fitting that in. Like, it turns into a liquid. Even though they're literally the same thing. I mean, yeah, I think it's more, like, I think it's just that, like, especially when I'm eating ice cream with a spoon, I'm just not, like, just inhaling. Like, the milkshake, it just, like, cascades down your esophagus like a ton of bricks. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking about malts? <laughs> oh, sorry. God. That's not even start about. Does anyone, does anyone ever, has anyone even drank a single malt like in recorded human history since like uh, dad at Portillo's in like 1997? Is that the last uh, malt, <laughs> chocolate malt that like anyone has ever consumed? I will guarantee you no, because I try to <laughs> all the time. I will, they're like, oh, do you want that malted? And I'm like, yeah. Sure, let's try this. <laughs> but it's so not good, thick, though, right? It's so heavy. No, it's not not good. It's just very heavy. It's worse so than the milkshake, isn't it? It's a different beast, man. No, it's not worse. How is it? Oh, oh, did you, you, mean, did like, you hear a bull right there? I did. Did you hear that little meow? That was a good... Actually, both of the cats are in here with me, but they're both knocked out as hell. Um, um, by the way, should we guys, return? Nate let's, just got a new cat. His name is Bull. Yeah. His? Named named after Bull Meacham from the Great Santini. Obviously. Um, anyway, obviously. continue. All right. So uh, then I would say the other reason that I I don't care for it as much is uh, not being able to select the food. Not being able to gen- like generally they won't even give you like a written menu of it as well. Like they'll just come over and especially if you're in another country, like the person even will, better like, just, when they give you will, like rattle. Uh, yeah. No, even better when they give you a written menu, but only after the meal is done and you've like paid and they're like, here is your menu of what you ate tonight. That's my favorite. Uh, yeah, that is that is pretty hilarious. It's it just like like has this this incredible keepsake. It's like <laughs> I mean, could you just give it to me beforehand? Like, so I, I guess I'm more of a I'm probably more of a uh, visual. I guess would you be considered a visual learner if you're reading something and retaining information? I guess so. Whatever that is, as opposed to like an auditory learner, I'm kind of more of that. But I just yeah. it's really more the effort of like okay, I'm like trying to make the decision on what I want and then like getting to kind of select it there's of course just like a self-fulfilling prophecy of like oh this is the one i selected so i'm probably gonna like it more as well right like when you've actually when you've actually made the decision as opposed to kind of get foisted upon you i mean i do appreciate the aspect of like oh here's this thing as a part of the tasting menu that i wouldn't normally have and it's actually like pretty good um cucumber accepted because you just can't make that good unless it's pickled (laughs) but uh i think most most things i'm i'll kind of be like that but i'll order some of those things anyway on like a really good menu like that just because i do want to see like okay let's see if these guys can actually make these turnips (laughs) good um but yeah so not being able to select it and have kind of chosen it right about again thinking about it in advance like oh i can't wait till this gets here it all just i mean there's like been a lot of research on this in terms of happiness like let's say for a vacation for example if you plan your vacation six months in advance you're thinking about it every day that has a greater effect on your happiness than the spontaneous getaway that you just decided to do like a day before you actually left so this is kind of the same concept Mm, yeah i mean loosely i understand i think that that's 
probably why uh, my husband in particular loves tasting menus so much is as long as they're not serving him eel. Uh, he loves the spontaneity, and I agree with you a little bit. I I would prefer to do my research and then choose my dish and say, I knew that I was picking the best thing. And look at this. It was the best thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nice to even be able to come in in advance and be like, Oh, this is what we need to order. Right. Like you've looked at the photos right. beforehand. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's the price aspect too. I mean, most like two or three star Michelin places, uh, Again, understanding why it is that it's so expensive. I mean, if you just think about simply the labor that goes into it, uh, in addition to the ingredients and all that, like, it's not like I'm saying, oh, they're just overcharging me for bullshit. Like, I understand, like, this is work. These are ingredients. Like, they're not, like, necessarily just, like, making a killing off this. Like, this is what it costs. Uh, But I think that adds in that, like, A, it's kind of the most expensive thing you're going to get. And you're also, like, just not, like, on kind of a... Per dollar basis, I'm just not enjoying as much. So uh, there, I think that's my spiel. All right. Well, overall, I definitely hear you on some points. I still think that the reason for tasting menus is one, chef gets to express exactly what chef wants to do with ingredients that might be limited in quantity or seasonality or whatever. Two, guarantees a check average per diner, which helps the restaurant with its bottom line and stay in the black, right? And three, I think that um, when everybody is enjoying the exact same bites, there is a camaraderie in that too. And I didn't mention that before, but mm. it's it's something that's mm. nice to be able to express across the table. Yeah, I got you there. Yeah, for, for that 30 seconds and until the, the dish is gone, yeah, it is, it is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> pretty good to have that camaraderie. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> So yeah, I, think I mean, like covered. again, like I said, it's just it's not for me. I'm not I'm not like criticizing the art form in general, but I I think they're uh, I'm explaining why I just I don't get as much enjoyment out of it as I do going somewhere where I can order all cart. And I mean, you mentioned like the check average. It's like yeah, like again, lowest common denominator. You're getting that check average up. With me, I would probably spend more if it weren't for the tasting menu. Uh, well, by Nate, being here's able to, the like, thing about you is that they'll let you supplement. You will as well. No, they don't. I mean, I've seen you. Well, but well, I mean, okay, that's a but place not that at, like, only has tasting menu. But if they have a la carte and tasting, oh you sure, throw yeah, in dishes. Well, of course I do. But I, I'm talking about like when I don't have the option. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like you know, all right. If you go to a two or three star Michelin star place and you're like, hey, can I have another one of those? Like they'll look at you like you tried to like get a takeout <laughs> container in Denver. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not happening. Can I have a gnocchi to go? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> God, I just like. My PTSD is like, uh, no, I'm not allowed to say yes to you. Um, you can order one and I can sneak a takeout box from the back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when did, when did that happen? Was, were we, oh, were just, we together for that? Oh, no, no, I'm talking about when I was working and like my chef would not allow to go food. This was several places, lots of places. In fact, um, no to go food allowed. So I'd be like, just order one. I'll bring it to the table and I'll bring you a box. Nobody will know. Because, <laughs> like, you know, we would allow a, a, a doggy bag, if you will. 
Uh, but not, you couldn't just order something to be packed up to go from the offset or from there. Maybe, maybe that's why to go became more, uh, acceptable in the U.S. is because like we had dogs. You actually could call it a doggy bag. Like, there just aren't as many pets in Europe, particularly, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Well, Vincent has, uh, awakened. And is about okay. to really bother me. So, do you want to take this out on some sort of seasonal note here for a moment? <laughs> I, I might be alluding to something. <laughs> I want to talk about Halloween candy. Okay. All right. All right. Well, well first, I just want to encourage people, please, whether on, on Instagram, uh, it looks best in orange is live. Uh, I'm uh, Nate B. Duncan. Or on, uh, on Twitter, uh, orange live or... Uh, Nate Duncan MBA. If you got any opinions Wait, it's on not tasting Twitter menus, anymore, bro. it'll always be Twitter in my heart. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm no, I'm not gonna say on X. It's just I don't know. Anyway, I just I've, really like I've that already I use the word bro in a real way. <laughs> it's not Twitter yeah, anymore. I guess bro. I guess both of us are living in the past in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Fair. Okay. Thanks okay. For, so. Uh, so yeah. Let's. Uh, socials. All right. So, yeah. And and let I us don't know, think you that know, you and I ever went trick or treating together when we were little. Did we? Can I finish my thing before we oh. we transition? I'm sorry. I I know oh. the cat is being insistent, but uh yeah. Let us know your comments. We'll we'll hit them on future episodes if there's anything that like you know people making some good points that we can react to on the the whole tasting menu thing. Um, but yeah, all right. Uh, Halloween, yeah, we never went trick or treating together. What was your favorite so. costume? What was your favorite costume as a kid? Um, as a kid, you might remember I wore that bunny costume for like four years in a row. I don't. But that we was didn't like, go trick or treating together. Oh well, I wore a bunny costume like four years in a row. Um, one of my favorites was uh that I was a dead cheerleader one year. That was so nineties of me, though, you know. Oh yeah. Um, no, and by that good. point, you were probably way past did you even go trick-or-treating uh no i mean probably my last year was like when i was maybe in sixth grade oh yeah well that's that's like normal i guess yeah i mean there was my last year was like 14 like eighth grade yeah i mean but like there was a weird at least for me uh although not having any friends in high school was kind of part of this but uh for me there was this weird interlude where you know i basically didn't dress up for halloween at all from like age 11 to age 18 and then in college like it became like a thing to do again because well and you're in new orleans it's so cool there yeah yeah no halloween was uh was pretty good in new orleans (laughs) um yeah my favorite one ever was the uh the one from last year with cora with the anthony edwards yuda watanabe dunk so good <laughs> oh my god we're, we're you have to like tag that photo yeah you have to I, like put uh, that photo somehow in this show notes because it was so good yeah see if, if that wouldn't have happened th- that viral moment with the anthony edwards tweet never would have happened with uh, uh in the days of, of x that's uh people <laughs> just piling on you like you're the biggest asshole in the world like that's what i love from back in the twitter days i i missed that so badly um so so yeah i would say yeah when i was younger i can't really remember any any big uh my big thing when i was trick-or-treating was i had this idea that i was going to go to an apartment where they weren't prepared to give us treats <laughs> and that they would then give us like six packs of soda or like some money or something 
rather than you know your uh your candy corn i wonder if i like somehow inspired that in you because when i was very young i think i was like five or six my mom lived in that townhouse like situation community yeah and that was exactly what happened like i i remember i got a 20 dollar bill once from like some sort of like newer immigrant woman who was like oh uh here and then i got like cans of pepsi apples i mean i just got like the weirdest shit from this town home community apples yes yeah that, that's i mean so you basically that's were like that's like 1800s trick-or-treating yeah yeah but like isn't like the whole like razor blade in the apple isn't that the like the halloween stereotype it was the early i was always 90s. like well no danger of me having this happen to me i'm not eating a fucking apple that someone gave me <laughs> like i don't want do you that's, remember that's... like when we were little people gave you unwrapped candy corn just like a handful like they took their big sweaty palm and like threw some candy corn in your bag or whatever yeah it was gross but that brings me to what is in your opinion the worst thing that could end up in your trick-or-treat bag you're asking me besides razor blades (laughs) yeah um i mean candy candy corn corn because it's already mentioned so so any of these and jelly beans are pretty hopeless too. Any of these candies where it's like it has this sort of like sh- like sugar shell on it, and then like you know you take one bite and the saliva washes that shell off, and then you're just left with like basically this like flavorless gelatin to get stuck in your molars. After that, you can count me out on that shuff. That's that's. I'm kind of trying to think of like other examples of that. <laughs> like I love Sour Patch Kids. Are we putting that into the? I mean, I think like jelly beans and candy corn are are the okay. two greatest defenders. Okay. Candy corn doesn't but, taste like, like anything other than sugar. Well, so what? Yeah, what is the what is the appeal of the candy corn? It's like it's the I color, think the color of and the shape. Yeah, it's like yellow. It's like it's like corn is like you know it's like sort of getting close to Thanksgiving, but it's like that dry. It's supposed to be like mimicking like that dried corn that you just like put up on the front of your door during Thanksgiving. It's like not even like edible corn that it's supposed to be. I, I don't it's yeah dude yeah. i mean i can't hate candy corn that much because i just there's like some nostalgia there but it's disgusting i don't eat it i like to like <laughs> know that it exists um i mean at least it's not circus peanut not that yeah. anybody those do those still exist see i, think of, like, I would be upset to learn i would be upset to learn that candy corn didn't exist anymore and when i'm talking circus peanuts nate i'm not talking about actual peanuts i'm talking about those like orange styrofoamy candy things that are shaped uh, like i don't know peanuts. what that is well anyway um, I would the only not time i ever watched the circus was on a field trip <laughs> Barnum and Bailey? Yeah, it's it's not good. Okay. Um, what about right, Necco well, so, wafers? So what's your answer? What's your, like, what's your... Necco wafers. Halloween? I'm sorry? Necco wafers. Necco wafers? What is that? Yeah. Do you not know what those are? I don't think okay, so. Okay, so they would come in a long... Uh, N-E-C-C-O? They would come in, like, right, a long cylindrical line. They're basically, like, the size of a checker, I guess. Like, you know, playing checkers. I see. Bunch of different flavors. Um, the black one being, of course, black licorice, which was highly hated, I guess. Um, but, but they're chalky. They're just weirdly textured. You bite them and try to chew through them, but they're, like, harder than you think they are. They're just very <laughs> not good candy. 
Those uh, I mean, rough. like, are, is, do they have, like, a good flavor? Is it sort of just, like, Well, they're like, different mildly... flavors. Yeah, like, but, but like, about, is like, it just, like... Like, you know how, like, um, Jelly Bellies have all these different flavors, and some of them suck, in your opinion, and some of them are great, in your opinion? Well, I guess that's true about Neko's, except for that the texture of all of them suck a lot. Yeah. And well, it's, how, it's almost how like those uh, Harry Potter jelly beans, like where some of them taste like toilet or something. Yeah, cubicle wall good. actually was a, like Walker and I when we worked as paralegals, we were sitting right next to each other, and that was that was the worst flavor I could come up with was cubicle wall uh, every flavor <laughs> beans. Which to me, it just seems like it would taste like I don't know fiberglass. <laughs> well, it's it's the symbolism of it all. Well, no, yeah, but it I'm also sure. remember it also has that like that sort of like weird textured felt on it as well. Really dries out the mouth, I, I would imagine. Um, oh, I just uh, the, the, received a text yeah. from Eric. This is important. Uh, okay. He says to mention how much almond joys suck. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's yeah, I'm funny. not. Uh, he yeah. said I, mean, I, I hated a lot of stuff as a kid, um, for sure. Like anything with almonds. Uh, yeah, almond joy. It's like, th- does almond joy have coconut in them? What's the one that has they, mounds and almond joy have coconut? The difference is That's that right. mounds has an almond. Yeah, so they're both bad. He he is, is uh, proposing that the almond is a trickster. So you think that with that crunch, it's going to be like a better candy bar, but no, it's still got all that coconut in it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't no, mind good. them. Yeah. I don't. You don't like coconut very much, right? Uh, I mean, like I love you know like a co- coconut milk or like curries and stuff like that. But like just like shredded up coconut, and I I can pass that. I mean, I love yeah. like a coconut water or like if you go to like the Burmese restaurant and they'll like jam a straw into a, a young coconut and you drink oh, that. Like yeah. that's amazing. But but yeah, like just shredded up coconut. It's like it's got the same problem as carrots. Yeah, yeah, they get stuck in the back of your throat. Yeah, and it's well, just like kind of uh, dry. It's just yeah. I I don't really hate many other candies, but um. Well, can, yeah, can we do the, like a top three first. best and worst? Okay. Top three best and worst. For sure. All right. Um. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of just gonna channel like 11 year old Nate Duncan. If you feel like my my tastes are bad now, then you, <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> I was just as opinionated, but uh, pretty much limited to you know ragu <laughs> with meat sauce and masticholi and maybe a burger here and there at the time. Um, sure. And candy and Three Musketeers bar w- was really up there for me. Like oh, no, really no, up there. Well, n- none of this, like, you know, wasting space on actual food, like a nut, like a Snickers <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, no caramel. I wasn't a big fan of that. Also, like, just kind of sticky, gets stuck in the teeth. I'm just, it was like, chocolate, all, uh, Hershey's, just regular Hershey's also were probably, those are probably two of my three favorites, uh, at least at that time. And then, like, so, of course, you would, you remember, like, you would get the, uh, the fun size, right? Like, yeah. Of Hershey's. So it was like regular Hershey's, Mr. Good Bar, and Crackle. And like yeah, Crackle was okay. That was like the same as Nestle's Crunch, but still like, you know, kind of why are you diluting the chocolate to just put this like toasted rice shit in there? <laughs> so I would just take out all the Hershey's. Then like Mr. Good Bar was intolerable. That was like 70% peanuts. It was just atrocious. Yeah. It was, yeah. Again, these are not I my like, takes now. I'm just telling you how I thought at the time. Wait, wait, but that was two in my opinion. You came up with three Musketeers and Hershey's. What else? Oh, what would, yeah, I'm trying to think of. What I what else I really liked? Oh, Reese's peanut butter. Oh, Reese's peanut butter cup so is still my favorite, actually. Yeah, that's in my top three as well. Um, and do you go um, for huh? you go for like the newly invented like thicker ones with like a higher peanut butter to chocolate ratio, or do you prefer the original? Well, so what I was already I was gonna say 
anything invented within the last 10 years, I wasn't going to include because I just feel like who knows how long they're going to last anyway. Um, and also that's, I think like the King, the King's, the King cup has been around for a while though. Right. Fine. Fine. King cup. What I really like though, I do love the dark chocolate peanut butter cup. Those are amazing. Oh, like obviously my tastes are like i'm slightly more adultified and i don't need as much sugar the dark chocolate like really mirrors or backs against the peanut butter better in my opinion and then there's like god the take fives like all of these like random reese's branded products that are so good um But the regular sized Reese's peanut butter cup, still the best in my opinion. Um, the miniatures are great and I do think that they have a better, uh, chocolate to peanut butter ratio. However, they aren't as smooth and they just like don't texturally. There's not, not as good. So mine yeah. are, um, Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, Snickers and Twix caramel. Those. Oh, actually, Twix peanut butter. Twix peanut butter would is Uh, like a solid number four for me. That was I had that in my lunch every day for like a four year period. Those are pretty good. That's solid. Um, and then hated is Necco wafers. Um, I think I I I want to. I mean, candy corn just doesn't count to me. It's not individually wrapped. It's just it's not individually wrapped. Um, Mr. Goodbar was terrible, and Baby Ruth (laughs) for me was terrible. Eric loves Baby Ruth, and I I don't understand. But those were my worst. Yeah, no, I think that's all. Did you ever get a Twinkie for Halloween? Like where people give? Oh yeah, sure. Like a mini Twinkie. That actually that was yeah yeah. Or like mini mini ho hos. So. We could get into a whole thing on like these snack products, but I hope that you agree with me that Swiss cake rolls are far superior to Ho-Ho's. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, like the the milk chocolate is way better. Uh, the cream is creamier. The uh, cake part is denser. Yeah, yeah, the consistency is not as waxy. Anyway, give me your bad candies because we gotta wrap this up. Yeah, my no, cat is candy literally corn. clawing my leg. Yeah, candy corn is up there. Uh, Mr. Goodbar was definitely up there uh, as being terrible. And what what else was there? Yeah, probably Mounds. Mounds <laughs> was just, that was the, like, I would just throw that away. Oh, last thing though, before we go, what was uh-huh. like the policy on how much candy you were allowed to eat? Like, was you limited to a certain amount or could you just eat as much as you wanted to on Halloween night? Well, it depended on which house I was at. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's probably enough. <laughs> I I think as uh, the specific type of latchkey kid I was, a lot of it was dependent on which house I was at. Uh, but I, yeah, I do love I, the spoopy season. Halloween is honestly my favorite other than Thanksgiving. And I really hope to come up with a costume really soon because I haven't come up with one yet this year. All right. Well, this was fun. I, I hope everyone really enjoyed this. Uh, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks so much uh, for joining us on Arguing About Food. If you want to subscribe, just search Arguing About Food. And of course, any good comments will be read on the air. So hit us up uh, on social media. Touch you all in a couple weeks probably. Till then.